0: Whether beginning a yoga practice, a meeting, or simply starting the day, setting an intention is part of my everyday ritual. I love wearing beautiful reminders of my intentions throughout the day, and one of my favorite ways to do just that is by wearing Satya Jewelry. The original yoga-inspired jewelry brand, Satya Jewelry was founded 15 years ago by philanthropist, yoga teacher, and Reiki healer Satya. The name Satya, meaning truth in Sanskrit, inspires each wearer to find and live their individual truth. Semi-precious gemstones, renowned for their ancient healing properties, are combined with 18 karat gold plate, sterling silver, and sacred symbols to create jewelry that brings peace and hope to everyone who wears them. Rooted in a mission to inspire, Satya jewelry is designed with love and intention for your own individual journey. One of my favorite pieces is the angelite mala that is hand knotted on 100% silk. Another beautiful element to Satya Jewelry is how they give back. Satya's background in social work and passion for early childhood education sparked the creation of Satya Foundation, a nonprofit organization that has helped raise over $1 million for children all over the world. No matter what path you are on in life, you can find a symbol or a gemstone that speaks your truth at Satya Jewelry. Go to satyajewelry.com slash yogagirl and sign up for 25% off for From the Heart listeners. That's satyajewelry.com slash yogagirl and sign up for 25% off. satyajewelry.com slash yogagirl. Hi and welcome to another episode of From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Today I have such a fun guest on the show, an absolute breath of fresh air, Violet Benson. She's a social media superstar and feminist comedian, otherwise known as Daddy Issues. And I'm so excited
1: to have her on the show. Welcome to From the Heart, Violet. Hi, thank you so much. It's so nice to be here. Um, I was really excited when you reached out. I I'm really excited to be on this podcast. I'm so excited
0: to have you because you're not our our usual norm for this show. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We get a lot of like, you know, yogis and and wellness people and you're one of my favorite people on the internet and I'm so excited to have some contrasting personality on the show. It's super
1: needed. Thank you. And if it's any consolation, I've done yoga like a few times before, so. Oh, and how was that? (laughs) Um. You know, actually, one time I got really into um, hot yoga. Um, During my breakup with my second boyfriend, I got into um, hot yoga. And it was um, like, because I always say when you break up with someone, you have to become obsessed with something. And I remember after my second breakup, I got obsessed with um, hot yoga. And that's how it helped me get over my second boyfriend. And I swear, like, I remember every time in the end when they, when the teacher, um, you know, she, she like, gives you some advice or she says something inspiring. Like, I would tear up or cry every time in the end because, you know, it was helping me get through my, my breakup. But I think, like, when I got older, I just got, like, more stressed. And then suddenly being in yoga, I'd be like, oh, my God, how much longer? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but wait, is you this, know? like, a rule of thumb? This Is a rule of thumb that works? So after a breakup, you have to become obsessed with something? How does that go?
1: Yeah, so... Um, Oh yeah, I'm. I'm. I mean, I'm about to say some some show that I'm on. I don't mean to promote it, but like I have a show on <laughs> Facebook called Top Five with Viola Benson, and I just posted an episode about like five um, five ways to get over someone. And I believe that one of the ways to get over someone is to become obsessed with something because after a breakup, you're so obsessed with that person. Because you're thinking, like, why did they dump me? If, if you're going through a break, even if you dump them, you're still thinking about them and you're missing the good stuff. And it's constantly in your head. So you have to get busy with something else. I think, I think it's a good thing for anyone trying to get over any bad habit. Because when you, when you break up with someone, I look at it as, like, you're, 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 you're going through rehab for yourself. So in order to go through rehab from the person you're obsessed with, like you have to start you know, obsessing over something else. So,
0: oh my, my God! As you say
1: this, as you yeah. say this,
0: I'm realizing like I got super into yoga, like really, really into yoga for the first time right after a breakup. Actually,
1: <laughs> you see, so you need to thank your um your ex boyfriend for your success.
0: Oh my god, this is so funny. It never never even occurred to me until you just said it. Um, I just, I have to share, you are you are just my total, my guilty pleasure. I have so many girlfriends, because I live in Aruba and most of my best friends are like, they're, some are in the States, some are in Sweden, like they're all over the place. And I have friends that I s- like only communicate with these days by tagging, like we tag each <laughs> other in your social media posts like we
1: don't even talk and that's anymore. you know we the just... friendship is real. The friendship is real when you don't really talk often but you tag each other and meet.
0: I know constantly every day. I mean it's just it's it's just you're my favorite favorite funny account of all.
1: Um, Aww, and for anyone who's you. listening
0: because I know this is not maybe your usual demographic uh, I would kind of like to you know start at the beginning a little bit because you have this hugely popular social media presence and it's just growing and growing and Uh, at least from my point of view, you're becoming a really big voice when it comes to feminism, Uh, maybe in a really, you know, like slightly controversial way, which I love. Um, It just seems like you're so yourself and that you're so comfortable in your skin and you're just this able to raise women's voice, especially on such a, what has been, I think, like a very manly type platform, like, you know, memes and, and, and comedy and stuff. I feel like you're the only one of very few female voices. But for someone who doesn't know you, you know Violet Benson, your daddy issues. Um, how did you? How did you get started? Like pre-yoga,
1: well, <laughs> pre-breakup, <laughs> pre-all of that. Um, so basically, I am. Um, I was born in St. Petersburg, Russia. I'm an immigrant in the in the US. I um, I um, when we were fourteen, we won the green card lottery. It's a thing. I don't know if some people are, are familiar with it, but green card lotteries are real for now. Yeah,
0: it's it's, it's been in the news so a lot
1: a lot lately.
0: I know my <laughs> Right. Yeah, but it's 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 real and it's legitimate and it's not like a, you know, I mean, it, it, do you know more about that because it's been so at least all over my yeah. news
1: channels lately? Right. And I try my best to stay away from politics and the, um and um I know I mean, to me it was such a blessing. So it sucks about what's happening in the news about how it may not be a blessing for everyone soon, which would be terrible, you know, because for me, like I think it changed my life winning the green card lottery. I also, even though I was born in Russia, I lived in Israel with my family when we won the green card lottery. So I lived in the Middle East. We won the green card lottery. So we were still thankful enough to win it. And yeah, so when I was 14, we won it. We moved to the US. Uh, I had to start relearning English um, because English is my third language. And um, growing up with my father, who's a Russian immigrant man, he's, he's very strict. So my whole life I grew up, like, you know, believing in having to work really hard, like, like work comes first, having a nine to five. And all I wanted was to make my father happy. So my sister became an attorney and I became an accountant. I have two degrees in accounting and business law. And that was my life. And my goal was to become a partner. But for some reason in my team, I was the youngest in my team because I was a special type of uh, taxes that I was doing. It was, um, um, what was I doing? It was um, city and state law or something like that. But it had to do with taxes. And um, the women in my team were just becoming so terrible to me. They They were constantly focused on my looks because... I don't know if people are aware of what I look like, but whatever. Like, I'm uh, 5'8", Russian blonde, with double D's. It's not my fault. Like, <laughs> it's just, you know, <laughs> it's who I am. It's, <laughs> you know, like, and I never focus on my looks. Like, for me, I, I was a really hard worker. I, I graduated college at 20. Like, I was just doing what I can to make my, my dad happy. And uh, the women on my team were just starting to make my life miserable. They were not including me in things. They were making sure I don't get bonuses. They making sure I don't get a raise. They making sure I don't get promoted. It was... Miserable because they just always thought like everything had to do with my looks when it didn't. Um, It got to the point that I would just cry in my car every day before walking into work. And I but I kept telling myself like, you know, this is this is what an adult is like, like adult life is being miserable in a nine to five like this is normal.
0: You know? adults cry in the car before they go to work it's
1: totally normal <laughs> yeah like <laughs> this is what it has my to dad be. told me my dad told me like adult <laughs> life is miserable but like you know i gotta grow up oh. so i was trying to and i was struggling i i um all my life i was so into making people like me and love me hence daddy issues like in every high school like i would focus on becoming popular so people would like me so it was very hard for me to understand accounting why no matter what i did these women didn't like me and i couldn't fit in like it was hard for me to understand So then I had no social media platforms, And just for the hell of it, one day I opened a meme account and called it Daddy Issues because I have it. I assumed other people had it. And if not, that type of daddy issues, I assume like most people, maybe especially in L.A., have like daddies. So maybe they (laughs) could relate to it somehow. (laughs) So I was like, you know, it's a relatable name.
0: Have (laughs) you ever regretted this name? like now have you um, ever regretted it I, have you ever had moments of like oh my god this name
1: <laughs> yes I had moments I regret the name because I never I started it for myself so I never imagined it could be big and I never imagined that you could that could be like your um job so it, it was weird for me I think when I started to grow and suddenly when people start to recognize me they're like yo daddy issues like in the street and I'm like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like I feel so like my yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of weird, but I think I'm I think I'm trying to help change the stigma of what daddy issues really is. Like I don't think it has to be one thing I tell everyone is to be themselves. I don't think it has to be you if a woman has daddy issues, I mean she's sleeping with everyone, taking off her clothes. Like my type of daddy issues just means like I'm want to be loved and I can get attached to people faster and I'm scared that they're going to leave me. So, and, and there's also men with daddy issues, like everyone has some type of issues with their parents. But I think my whole point is that you don't depend on those. You don't, you don't depend on your flaws and say like, well, I'm, I'm this way because you know, my dad didn't love me or my mom didn't love me. Like, I'm telling you, like, just accept yourself and be happy with your life. Like, don't look Mm -hmm. at something that happened in the past and assume that this is, this is the way you are and you can never change.
0: Right, right. So you started that account, and it was just as a, you know, was it like an escape just to get away from the the really hard time yes, you had with those it, women at work? It became,
1: or? This account that I started it was anonymous because I was, you know, I I didn't know who I was. I was very lost. Plus, I didn't want to focus on my looks anymore, to focus on making people happy or making myself happy without anyone looking at me. And that's kind of where I went with this. So I was posting and I was posting things that I thought were weird about me. And then suddenly I would see people tagging their friends and being like, oh my God, that's so me. And I was just like, what? Other people could relate to this? Like, I'm not, it's not just me. Like, what the hell? Like, I thought I was just being weird. And it became my obsession. So instead of focusing on how much my coworkers didn't like me, I started I became focused as an obsessed with this account. Like, I'm like, how can I grow it? How can I get celebrities to notice me? And I think I was lucky enough that... Um, three years ago when I started, in a, because I started like a new trend, which was um, very female-based, and it was all for women mostly, and gay guys, and I think that's why my account managed to grow so rapidly, and to get noticed. I think like right now, if I started a meme account, no one would care, because there's so many out there, but uh, I think I started like something new three years ago, and that's why I managed to get big. I mean, to it was really new. Get I mean, I,
0: I- I started following you, I think really, really early on, so before before you were private with it, but when it was just a really anonymous account, um, because one of my best friends tagged me in something, and it was oh. so I mean at the time it was really controversial because it was about sex, it was about um, you know <laughs> yeah. alcohol, it was about you know sleeping with a guy, and then what happens, and you know no one was sharing that type of stuff. there's so many right. male accounts in that way where it's all about. I don't know, getting drunk or getting laid or just, just stupid stuff. Uh, but there was none that was just skewed from this female point of view where it was okay to, to kind of speak up about the fact like, okay, I have sex. It does not mean I'm a slut. <laughs> you know, I can talk exactly, about this. i just be yeah. super open and honest. And it was such a breath of fresh air because, yeah, no one else was, was doing that. But that was a really, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a long time ago now. So I think you're right. Now you, do, you really did start that trend because there's more of it out there. But, I mean, your, yeah. your presence and- is the biggest by far.
1: Thank you. And it helped me when I was growing that count and people were made me feel like they're accepting me because they're like, oh, my God, that's so me too. Um, It made me feel like I think I was slowly finding myself because I think all these years I didn't really know who I was or what to be okay with. And this daddy, she was like my alter ego. And it was this cool girl that I wish I could be that that was okay if she wanted to sleep with someone and not call them the next day, even though, like, I'm more of the attached one. So I almost felt like I had a split personality, but it was still really cool. And and I think like I was slowly finding myself and gaining back my confidence with people making me feel like I'm not weird or like accepting my weirdness. And then the more I learned to accept myself and I finally became who I am, I noticed, oh my God, I'm actually helping other people too. Like I never thought, it was crazy to me when I started to get different emails from people like um, I was, I'm the black sheep. I like, live in Louisiana and I'm the black sheep in my family. I'm 29 years old. And I, my whole family doesn't know that I'm gay. And uh, seeing how you're so open up about being the black sheep in your family, even though we have different issues, I'm finally like ready to come out. And to read something like that, I'm like, what? Like a meme of mine or just my caption, like inspired you to to want to finally come out to your family at 29 years old. And it's also so, so heartbreaking as well to to think like, till twenty nine years old you were hiding who you really were. So of course mm. I was like constantly emailing all these people back and it was just amazing to know like I wasn't only helping myself, I was helping other people with my humor.
0: I mean what a what a rewarding thing. So was it was it really quick yeah. that you did you did you give up accounting altogether like just like that or um, was it a long No.
1: It, I think it took me like six months while I was doing it and it was growing and like some celebrities started to follow me. I think my first celebrity though was Joe Jonas. So that was really cool. I was like,
0: what? Joe just followed me? (laughs) Maybe Joe Jonas has
1: daddy issues too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, he loved that account. All of his friends thought he was daddy issues. Like him and his friends had this game between them, trying to pretend that each one was daddy issues. Like, and that's what I liked about being anonymous because people would be like, pretend to their friends that they are me.
0: So how, how long did that last, So the, the, the anonymity of it? Um,
1: so I was anonymous, and then for six months, I was still working, but it was making me feel better. And then um, right after, because I started it in, um, J- on July, and then right after New Year, like um, the day or a few days after New Year's, I was just really depressed. and I was like, yeah, this account is fun, but I'm still miserable at work. And then MTV wrote an article about me, about being like uh, the most relatable female account worldwide. I remember I cried and I was like, oh, my God, this could be a business. Because um, um, a few days later, I incorporated myself, handsome an accountant. <laughs> so I turned myself <laughs> into a business. And then two, three months later, I quit my job. So I would say I was at work for around nine months before fully quitting and supporting myself financially fully via Instagram.
0: That's incredible. And the fact that, yeah, that this is this is a big brand now i mean it, it's, yes. it's grown a, a lot just in this in this really short time what what i find is the most i guess i think the most interesting part of all of this is the the feminist aspect of what you do and i don't know if a lot of people look at it that way but at least from my point of view i feel really empowered when i read your stuff even if it is you know some days about you know yeah whatever like feeling lazy not wanting to get up in the morning or you know it it could, you, you talk about some maybe Issues that can seem really trivial, but there's this underlying big theme uh, of raising the voice of the woman. So, how how big of a part does that play in what you share?
1: Well, I think it's, I mean, a big part because it's for it's for it's mainly for women, but I mean, I try to be open and make sure it's for men too. Um, I mean, it's constantly, I think, trying to have a voice for women and trying to help women not be embarrassed, like in in everything and. Or because I, because, you know, like one thing I hate, I hate, I I like to just take things that we were embarrassed about and make them feel, make women feel okay. Like, for example, you know, women, when you're in a relationship and you're constantly being called crazy, like, then let's make a joke about crazy because like, screw you, I'm not crazy. You're just an asshole, which is an article that I wrote.
0: (laughs) You're not crazy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wrote that, but. But like that's kind of what I want to, I want to make girls feel okay, or like, I want to help them through their breakups, and I want to rem- remind them to love themselves so then they're not constantly going back to some asshole, and I want to make women feel okay about if you know, they feel like sleeping around, because it's their choice, and it's not fair when they have to feel ashamed, versus a man can go around and sleep around. Like, I know with my first or second relationship, I had this, um, I had a Middle Eastern boyfriend, I mean, three of my exes were Middle Eastern, and... From his culture, the way he was raised was that, you know, the woman had to be very conservative. And it's kind of like he was always cheating on me, but he made me feel bad if I even thought about, you know, like looking at another guy. So I'm like sitting at home being so like a good girl and he's having sex with everyone else, including like everyone, (laughs) you know, and that's not fair. Like, why should I feel embarrassed about wanting to sleep with someone when he's doing it all around? Or, I mean, why should I stay with someone that's cheating on me? That's another story.
0: (laughs) that's another story
1: but no I feel like a lot
0: a lot of people can really relate with this and I hope that this specifically through social media that it's changing now I don't know I have a I have five younger sisters and four of them are in their teens like they're literally from like 15 to 20 years old all all of them Uh, and I, I kind of see how they're growing up and how they're dealing with their first relationships and getting attention from boys and It seems to me that there is a different looking, at least from their eyes, than I had when I was 15, 16. You know, I had my sister the other day and we were talking about some boy that that she liked and then I said, you know remember that you're always in charge. Like you always decide where you want things to go. Like if you don't want to see him anymore, that's totally okay. And she answered like, well, duh. <laughs> like, <laughs> why would you tell me that? And I was like, well, when that's I was 15, so I needed to hear that. No one told me that. I didn't know. I had a lot of really shitty relationships because of that and felt taken advantage of. And she was like, what? Like, duh. Like, why are well, you telling me this? Like, you're stupid. <laughs> I, also,
1: I also feel like with social media, it, it, I think we're becoming harder on ourselves. And that's why I think my account... I feel so happy that it's out there because cause you go on social media now and, like, even 12-year-olds have kids and, like, they're posting, like, have, like nudes on Instagram and you're like, wow, this girl's so beautiful. <laughs> I mean, she's not in a sexual way because, you know, she's 12, but but it's kind of like even the 12-year-olds are becoming so beautiful and, and, like, oh there's there's so many options on Instagram now and then it makes you feel bad about yourself if you feel like, all oh, these are, like, how come I don't look like that? And I think that's where my Instagram can come into play again, that, like, Making fun of us pretending like our life is so perfect on Instagram, or like being honest that we all don't have it figured out. Because then you see, even that beautiful model you were envious of is tagging her BFF on a meme that says like, "You don't have your shit together." Then you're like, "Oh my God, she can relate to." Okay, thank God. You know,
0: everyone has the same insecurities. I mean, yeah, even that super picture perfect Instagram model. Like everybody feels the same. But that's the challenge of all of this. And I, I don't know if, if the really young people, like if, if, they're, if they're getting that or what kind of generation that's coming out of this social media world because it's so different. Well,
1: yeah. Well, the social media world is also all about bullying. And I think one thing I've, I've made sure of my Instagram is to never make fun of anyone else. My jokes are always about myself. Like sometimes I made some jokes about men in general just because I wanted to give women some power, which I know isn't fully Right. You know, if I made a joke about a man's height or a man's penis to give women feel empowered, which I know wasn't great on my end. But, like, I do my best not to make fun of other people. And that's the whole point. So because my whole thing is women should be friends with one another and not put each other down. So when you see a beautiful woman, like, you should be able to appreciate her beauty without wanting to put her down for it. You know, or like. What has your own. Yeah. No,
0: and I mean, I mean, and you—you've had some experience with that yourself, personally, or no? Growing up with women not liking me, yeah, or bullying per se, because I know you're a big anti-bully. Like you, you speak about that a lot, yeah. publicly. And I find
1: oh, so you want to, that... to talk about that one thing? <laughs> <laughs> Do
0: you want to talk about that one thing? We don't have to, but. No, I find that there is Sorry. a lot of people um, out there that do, I mean, also in the, from my side of, or in the yoga world, there's a lot of young women, young teens that find their way to yoga and meditation from coming out of really, really shitty places, um, in school or feeling like they don't fit in mm-hmm. or being actually bullied. So I think it's, uh, um, yeah, I love how you raise the issue and actually speak about it because there are so many young people, most people that are on social media now they're that are really, really active that live this lifestyle. They are young and they do need more more guidance. Maybe they haven't found their way. They don't, you know, they aren't confident enough to speak up and say, this is who I am. Deal with it, you know, don't have to yeah. change who I am to fit in.
1: Okay, I'll talk about it. Sorry, I was giving, um, I know you thought I was uh, drinking wine enjoying this conversation, but instead I was just... Uh, <laughs> Giving my cat some cat food, so now uh, (laughs) she was hungry and she kept meowing at me while I was on the phone. I was like, "Mommy's busy," but she wouldn't stop. So, all right. Which, by the way, I found out I'm like highly, highly, highly allergic to my cat yesterday, which was really sad. So I'm kind of. How is that possible? Isn't
0: isn't this cat your (laughs) your number one (laughs) most important thing? (laughs) Why are you allergic to her? How are you allergic to her? How is that possible?
1: Because I've only had it for two years and I've never had pets before. I just didn't know. And then I just started to get sick all the time and and getting really serious allergy reactions. And yesterday I finally did my test. And I was like, they were like, you're allergic to trees. You're allergic to bushes. You're really allergic to cats. Um, And then like least allergic, you're also a little allergic to dogs, to chocolate, to wine, to cheese. And I was like, so I'm basically just allergic to happiness.
0: (laughs) That's the saddest (laughs) thing
1: ever. I know. I hope you figure that out. I hope yeah, you I do just figure have to, that out. You ma- take more allergy medicine.
0: You are listening to From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I love my bed. Cozy mornings in bed with my family, husband, baby, and dogs is the best way to start my day. These moments have been made even more joyful by the comfiest bedding we cuddle into bedding from parachute. Parachute creates its products with conscious standards that align with some of my biggest values. Parachute manufactures its products in family-owned factories in Europe's regions that are renowned for creating amazing bedding. Each product is carefully crafted by fairly paid employees and the fabrics are 100% natural, made without any use of harmful chemicals or synthetic softeners. Parachute also gives back both locally to Habitat for Humanity and globally to the United Nations Foundation Nothing But Nets. Over 12,000 life-saving bug nets have been donated to date. With a modern design of timeless natural color palette and fabric that only gets softer with every use, your bedding creates an absolutely beautiful impact in your home and our world. This holiday season, share the love of a great night's sleep with your friends and family. Visit ParachuteHome.com slash Yoga Girl for free shipping and returns. And check out the new baby collection, including swaddle blankets, quilts, and luxurious cashmere baby blankets as well. You and your loved ones need this next level sleep experience. Visit ParachuteHome.com slash Yoga Girl for free shipping and returns. Try it out for 60 nights, and if you don't love it, just send it right back. No questions asked. Go to ParachuteHome.com slash Yoga Girl today. The world is changing now more than ever. We all need more than one source of income, but not everyone wants to quit their jobs and become a startup founder. That's what Side Hustle School is all about. It's a short daily podcast, seven days a week, that tells stories of ordinary people making extra money without quitting their jobs. The host, Chris Gillabo, also has an intriguing new book out there this month called The Money Tree. It's an engaging story of how you have the power to create your own financial destiny, something that's especially important in this time of uncertainty. Get your copy of The Money Tree today from any bookstore or online retailer. Learn more at moneytreebook.com and listen to Side Hustle School wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Anyway, so back to the bullying thing. Um, I am a big advocate for depression and anti-bullying. I definitely have battled depression before and I have anxiety and I try to talk about it. I haven't talked about it as much, but because I'm waiting to get behind some organizations before I fully talk about these things. But one thing that I mm. think a lot of people don't know about me is that I not only was I bullied in accounting, I was also bullied growing up in high school and middle school and all that. And uh, and I know a lot of people have too, but it's because um, I was born with enamel deficiency on my teeth, which is uh, what it means is that um, not having any enamel, that means you're can't can't like protect you from anything so you constantly have cavities and you need root canals and things like that since you're young but it also means that your teeth are very yellow like they just it's just yellow stains and there's nothing you can do about it and i was born like that And I remember when i was five um i was walking and the school that i was in i think it was from first grade till eighth grade so i was in first grade going up the stairs i was always a very smiley kid And I remember I was going up the stairs smiling and these eighth graders saw me and they're like, what the hell? What's wrong with you? And they like pushed me to the corner of the stairs and like put me in a corner and they were like all laughing at me and they were like, dude, do you smoke? Like, why are you so yellow? Oh my God, dude, check this girl out. She smokes. That's insane. How do you smoke when you're five? And they just kept laughing and pointing and I was obviously crying and I was so confused. I asked my mom to come pick me up and then my mom picked me up. I was like, mom, why were they making fun of my teeth? Like, I never even realized I, my teeth were different than yours. Like, how come you guys don't have this? I'm like, mom, why am I different? And she's just like, you know, mom trying to protect her child. She was just like, okay, well, you see, Violet, when God made you, you were so perfect and it wasn't going to be fair to all, um, to everyone else. So you had to just give you one little flaw so then it'll be okay. And I was like, Oh, okay, and then at five years old is when we started getting me veneers and lumineers and, and um, bondings, like everything technology could get you at the time in Israel for my teeth. So I grew up basically with constantly changing my, my veneers and everything, constantly feeling different. Sometimes I would get bullied for it, not to mention when I was young, I also had like acne on my face, on my chest, on my back. I had an overbite, so it just wasn't even enough that I also had like yellow teeth. And no matter how many times you put lumineers or veneers or um, bondings on my my type of teeth, it doesn't last for that long because my teeth are so yellow behind it that I constantly need to keep changing them. So it's kind of different than other people who get veneers and lumineers and bondings. Um, It's, I mean, it's hard to explain because I think most people don't understand what I'm talking about, but... I was always very insecure, no, no. I, the I smile. I know what yeah. you're talking
0: about. What was it like going back to school though? Because that's the, uh, the. did your mom's words help then? Did you feel like you had some? I think it you know, did. Support? I mean,
1: it was in first grade, and looking back now, I don't remember anything really from first grade. That's I think my only memory is that, and I think I have memories where I felt different because I know after that I stopped smiling, and I, I think I didn't even talk to boys until I was. 17 or 18 when i finally got my first boyfriend and i was very shy with guys because in my head i always thought like why would any boy ever want to kiss me and then what if he kissed me and then i have to explain to him what's wrong with my teeth and then he would be so grossed out by me like because i didn't give him a heads up before and then he wouldn't talk to me and that was in my thoughts because when it doesn't even matter what you really look like when someone constantly tells you that you're ugly or there's something wrong with you, eventually when, you, when you're going to look at yourself in the mirror, you're going to believe them and you're going to see it too. So for me, when I, growing up and here and there, if girls didn't like me, they were bullying me about my teeth. Like I believe them. And that's why I was so scared to talk to boys. I remember when I moved to the U.S. And the first boy, there was, I was walking home with these two guys and the girl and this guy. Those walking next to me, he was like, oh, you have such a cute smile when you smile because I have dimples. And I, got, I was in tears, and I was just like, why would you make fun of me? <laughs> because no! I just assumed he was making fun of me. You didn't believe him. <laughs> yeah, oh. and I remember I just didn't like to smile. I was so envious of other people that have perfect teeth. And no matter how many times I changed them, I was so insecure about it. And I, and I remember before I came out, quote-unquote, on daddy issues, because I was anonymous, and I was a, going to do a whole reveal thing, I was still very scared about my teeth, and I was scared that, I was like, okay, I love myself now and I'll be fine with people making, I know that me coming out, quote unquote, revealing myself is going to cause some people to be mean to me. This is normal on the internet, but I don't know if I can handle anyone making fun of my teeth because that's such a painful memory for me for not loving myself for so many years because of it that I felt the need to completely cosmetically redo my whole teeth before revealing myself because it was such a big insecurity for me. Um, so you really veneers, did that? Yeah, and they cost $1,800 a tooth. So you can calculate oh if I have my whole mouth done, redoing my veneers, it's $1,800 a tooth. You can count how much that cost me. But that's how necessary it was for me to, to do that little part because I was like, I can handle people making fun of me with anything, but I can't handle teeth again. Like that's the one mm. thing I got. That was my one security. And I don't think I talk about it, I think, even to my friends that often about how painful it has been for me, especially not to my parents, because I always felt, if I ever, I always felt too bad to complain to my parents if I was bullied about it, because there's nothing they could do about it, and I don't want them to feel bad, so I just kept it to myself. Oh, my God.
0: I know if, I mean, I have an eight-month-old, and just the thoughts of... Of, of her coming home from school one day and just anyone being mean, it's, I don't know how I would, would deal. I have that with my sisters and my brother. Like if anyone is ever uh, busy with them, like I yeah. fully lose my, you no, know, my ability to, to stay cool about it. But that's the thing. And also kids, like everyone has that thing that they're insanely insecure about. Like everyone has it, right. whether it's, you know, our, our teeth. I was always super insecure about my height when I was little I had no boobs and I was really tall like since really young um so they like you. the boys since um, I'm five eight now but I was so I'm not like freakishly tall but I was uh, I grew really fast so I was always taller than all the boys in school when we were when I was like 11 12 13 there. Um, and they would always make fun of me that I was like, um, God, I have to translate this in English, like, a like a washboard, I guess. Like I was tall and (laughs) flat chested (laughs) for a long time. And I had a lot of friends, like I was popular in school. Like I wasn't bullied per se, but that was like the thing that the boys would always say. So I remember going home and then for the first time realizing, wow, like I really have no boobs. No one's ever going to like me. I'm never going to get a boyfriend. Like everyone around me is, you know, they they have boobs and they're buying bras and I didn't have anything. And I remember going home and then putting, like, uh, toilet paper and stuffing, like, a sock and stuff in my, in a bra that I had bought, like, you know. And then one day I came to school and I was like, oh, I have boobs now. And I remember my friend was like, what's in your bra? <laughs> and I was like, so uh, what do funny. you mean? I, I have breasts now. They grew overnight. <laughs> my was I so, was uh...
1: always freakishly tall, too. I was 5'8", 12, and I hated being tall. And then my boobs started to develop. And I was so insecure because the people in my grade did not have boobs. So, I was so insecure by having boobs that I taped my whole chest with duct tape to help make it stop from growing because oh I didn't God. like having boobs at 12. So, one day my mom tried to wake me up and she touched me like on my um, back or something and she felt the the duct tape. And she's like, Mavishka, Stueta. And that's in Russian. Like, what is that? And I'm like, What is that? Um, <laughs> mom, it's. um." It's it's for my back. I uh, it's uh, I am having like I'm not standing straight or something like that. Like it's it's to help my back. So then she bought me a back brace, and I was forced no! to wear it because I was too embarrassed <laughs> to admit that I put duct tape around my whole chest to make my boobs stop from growing.
0: Oh my god, this is this is the <laughs> saddest and funniest thing I've ever... I know. How long did you wear that back brace before? <laughs>
1: I think maybe just for a few weeks before I was like, oh, mom, I think I'm fine now. Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. You see? so It doesn't matter which way we go. Like, we have no boobs. Yes, you have no boobs. You feel insecure. You have big boobs. You feel insecure. Like, there's no... I don't know. And it is harder to be a girl. Like, that's the that's the thing. I don't at least, I mean, okay, I don't know what it's like, what it's like to be on the other side, but I remember that, like, boys talking about girls. I remember the one girl we had in class who did have really big boobs, and everyone was super jealous of her because the guys were always talking about how big her boobs were and how attractive she was and X, Y, Z. And now I think about it, it must have been horrible for her, like, to be the one yeah. girl in school that all the girl, all the guys are, like, pointing at and, you know, kind of talking about the whole time. Like, either way, you know... It's never going to be perfect. Like the grass is always greener. It's always kind of shitty to be a teenager, no no matter how we go. But that's the thing. I don't think kids realize how it can affect someone else, whether it's something, you know, probably those kids talking about your teeth, like they probably don't remember that today. You know, it's like, no. And with the internet, everything is worse. Like everything is because it's instant and you can pick on anybody from any place. And, I mean, how do you deal with that when you get really... Because you must get, I mean, too. I get it, and I have...
1: Yeah, I mean... I'm in the yoga world, and in the yoga really world,
0: we love each other. <laughs> how many per <laughs> day? I, mean,
1: I think I get, like, a lot of positive messages, but I definitely have mean people. I mean, it's so normal now. And it annoys me when people say, well, you should be used to it. Or, like, why are you offended? Just close your phone or close your computer. Or, like, um, it comes with a job. Like, I'm sorry. First of all, I didn't. I didn't realize my job was a real job but like okay now that you're saying now that you're admitting that being a social media influencer or whatever is a job like it doesn't come with the job my job is to make people happy my job is not to take pain from other people by having them bully me like it doesn't come with a job yeah. and I and I think that really pisses me off when people are like you should be used to it like no I shouldn't you should be used to being a better human being
0: I love that. You should get used to being a better human being. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Life is supposed to be a journey of seeking and discovering the big, meaningful things, love, purpose, experience, not trying to find your keys. Eight years ago, Tracker changed everything where they released their first ever tracking device. And now they've done it again with all new Tracker Pixel, the lightest Bluetooth tracking device on the market. With Tracker Pixel, you'll never worry about losing your things ever again. My husband and I have busy schedules and a small baby, three dogs and two goats. Digging through the house to find our phones and our keys that seem to disappear all the time is not something we have time for. Tracker to the rescue. Whenever you misplace an item that has a tracker pixel attached, use your smartphone and a 90 decibel alert will help you find it in seconds. It even has powerful LED lights so you can find anything even in the dark. Lost your phone? Just press the button on your tracker pixel and your phone rings even if it's on silent. You can even locate your item if it's miles away because every tracker user is part of the largest crowd locate network in the world. And tracker's 30 day money back guarantee means you truly have nothing to lose. Tracker makes a great gift. And during this holiday season, save 20% off of your order when you go to thetracker.com slash yogagirl. That's T-H-E-T-R-A-C-K-R.com slash yogagirl for 20% off. thetracker.com slash yogagirl. Well, how do you address it then? Do you, do you block people? Do you delete stuff? Or do you um, get into like drama in the, in the comment no. section? Because I try to stay never, away from that. It's so hard.
1: I never like... I I think in the past, sometimes when I would respond to someone being very mean, I would respond politely. Like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. You must be going through something to be projecting it onto me. And I think whenever I would respond, the people would be like, "Um, oh, my God, like, I'm so sorry. I was having a terrible day, and I must have taken out on you. Like, I love you so much. I didn't mean it. And, of course, on the inside, I wanted to be like, fuck you. (laughs) But on the outside, I'd be like, yeah, no worries.
0: (laughs) No worries. It's
1: all good. Oh, you just told me to kill myself and call me a whore and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's fine. Um,
0: (laughs) It's fine. We're friends.
1: (laughs) But yeah, that's usually what I try to do. I try to respond in a very um, assholey, sarcastic way where I'm polite back and they feel bad. But sometimes I like I'm not going to lie. Like sometimes I had moments that I was having a bad day and to to see someone else be mean to me. I'm just like, oh, my God, can I catch a break? And I, I think I would sometimes respond. Like a regular human being, I'll be like, "Why do you have to be so mean? <laughs> like, what is Why are you being so mean to me? Something like that." And then they feel even more awful. But it's the, it's the truth. Like, why? Why are you doing this to me?
0: <laughs> but I—do ever do people apologize to you? Because I—I I get really weird. I don't know. I, I sometimes get really weird <laughs> messages from people where they write like beautiful things and, you know, they're talking about my baby or whatever thing that I've shared. And then all of a sudden there's like a huge hateful message, like something really, really horrible about like I had someone the other day. I was <laughs> I shared a, a little snippet of me with my breast pump, like not my boobs, but like I was using a breast pump and then my, my husband was at home with his friends. And then this woman wrote, like, in all caps, like, you are such a whore. I cannot believe you're slutting out like this, showing your breasts to your husband's friends. Like, put your breasts away. And it was just well, this horrible right. message. And then I'm I, kidding. And then, <laughs> and then I scrolled up, and the message before that was like, oh, my God, I love you so much. You're such an inspiration. And I'm just like, who is this person? Like, how can you, you know, say that you love someone, and then the next breath, call them a whore? Like, this just does not... Like, compute just like in my mind.
1: sometimes to get attention. Like, they were just dying to get a response. And they're – because it happened to me. I, I got – I was – I made a comment about some show. And I was just, like – because some show that I watch, and I try not to get involved, again in politics or, or really anything that makes – shows an opinion because I do want to support people's both opinions, even if I agree with them or not agree. I know people don't follow me for my views. They follow me to make them happy. And I try to focus on that. Sometimes I can't help myself, and there was a show that I was watching. In the episode, they were making jokes about teachers masturbating to to their to their students, and I thought that was so absurd because I just I don't find child molestation ever funny to me, and I didn't understand why no one said anything. And I kind of made a comment about it, and some girl DM'd me and attacked me and was like, "You act like this fat whore that's constantly sucking dick, and and you." And you act like fat on the weekdays, but then on the weekends, you're back to normal. I don't know. Whatever she said was literally made no sense. And I was just like, I responded like, wait, what? When do I act like a fat whore? I'm like, first of all, you can see, not there's anything wrong being heavier. I was like, you can see my pictures. You know I'm skinny. What does that have to do with my eating habits? And I was like, secondly, when do I talk about ever being a whore? I think I, I encourage people to have sex, but I always talk about how I don't have sex often, even if any ever at all. So I'm like, where's this? I'm like, sorry that I got upset over child molestation because maybe some things that happened to me as a child or people to my friends happened as a child. Like, I'm so confused. Well, isn't, it, think-
0: isn't it like universally okay to not laugh about child molestation? Like, I'm, I'm very yes. confused.
1: <laughs> <laughs> me too. But anyway, after that, she was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I was having the worst day. And, and again, like, those are the people that weird me out because I remember this girl also commenting on my picture saying, like, I love you so much. So then when she was like, you're a fat whore who sucks dick and blah, blah. And I was like, what? <laughs> it's, I, I've had those before. Those people that are like, you're so amazing. And then another comment suddenly like, you're disgusting. Ew, what the hell, you're a slut. Stuff like that. I'm like, But I think the I scary thing is how,
0: but I mean how attached people get to this online world. Yeah you know, and and I I try to just, I live on a tiny island in the middle of nowhere. Like I have an eight month old baby and a husband and like teach yoga for a living. Like I'm, for me, it's at least very easy to stay like, okay, this is my life. And then here is the internet where I'm blessed with this community that supports me and I can travel and, and, and create things and really focus on what I want to do with my life. But People that live their entire lives and they're so obsessed with other people that they actually get that involved, you know, with someone because these people, they've never met you. And most of the people that write me horrible things, they've never met me either, but they're so insanely involved. And I'm wondering just what kind of, like, I never know how to respond to that. Like, I I don't want to be the person that, you know, I don't want anyone obsessing over what I do. I I like to be an inspiration or, you know, share things that make people happy. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, but I, it's hard. It's kind of, of weirds to me out
1: and want to respond. I think like I think a, l- a while back on Facebook, somebody wrote a, a comment to me and I responded being sarcastic back, like saying like, oh, I bet you're one of those people at Target that asked to speak to the manager or like, don't you have better things to do? Like go to Target and ask to speak to the manager or like, something like that as a joke. And then I was attacked that they were like, Violet, you should know better than to, to be like putting someone else down, something like that when like this girl was so mean to me. But me responding back, like, I'm a public figure, and I should know better. Like, I'm not allowed to be offended. But even though she just completely put me down, called me an idiot, a whore, whatever, like, I can't defend myself because I should know better. And stuff like that really sucks. So I think it's, yeah, because imagine if you actually responded to one of these people, people would come against you for attacking them.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that's the, I don't know, whenever I ever respond to anything like that, I always get 10 people that write, why do you always focus on the negative? And I'm like, yeah. never focus on the negative I get first of all I get very little of this I focus only on the positive but then that one time someone is horrible to me like can I not just respond and kind of set them straight and then all these people are like all you do is highlight all the <laughs> negative stuff and then I'm like like I can't win like I just can't win like I yeah just it's have like to not.
1: respond to negative comments is that the only way you're going to notice me if I write something mean and you're like no no exactly but I also do appreciate when people are invested in my life like I think I think there's positives and negatives to it because know if I'm having a bad day, although it's fake love and you have to remember that, that if I'm having a bad day or like I cry about something and I kind of share it right away, I get so much love. And they're like, Violet, like, I don't really know you, but I feel like I do. And you've been through so much, especially remember last week, this happened to you and this and that. And like, <laughs> I'm just here for you, blah, blah. And it's just like, that's so sweet that you're like, okay, I'm going to keep going then. Thank you. <laughs>
0: You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Magazines are a great resource to keep us informed on news and social issues from credible sources, and they give us moments of inspiration and comic relief just when we need them. With a new app called Texture, you can access over 200 premium magazines in one place on your tablet or phone. The Texture app has gone beyond delivering just the magazine itself. Texture makes it easy to find and enjoy articles that you want to read with exclusive interactive features and more. The Texture app is entirely digital, so it's an environmentally friendly way to consume the best magazines and articles out there. Texture is also searchable. You can mark what you like, check out back issues, view bonus video content, and even experience curated articles and magazines just for you or whoever you are gifting Texture to this holiday season. Texture makes magazines easy, and there are so many great ones included, like some of my favorites, Women's Health, Oh! The Oprah Magazine, and Time Magazine. Imagine having your favorite magazines and their back issues anytime, anywhere. To start your Texture free trial, go to texture.com slash yogagirl. If you choose to continue after your free trial, all from the Heart listeners will get Texture for just $9.99 a month. That's over 30% off the listed price. There are also great gift options available for the holiday season. Go to texture.com slash girl to start your free trial today. That's texture.com slash yogagirl. texture.com slash yoga girl but I mean the whole reason that this works and I think that's what you and I we have that in common but in two like different sides of the spectrum is uh is vulnerability right so daring to be real even if it's not perfect or you know even if it's sometimes ugly or embarrassing or, or whatever if we're sad or whatever's going on like having the ability to share that and be raw there's nothing more like, that's way more inspiring than that p- picture-perfect Instagram model, you know, going on her yeah. private jet or whatever people follow. I, I don't know.
1: I think so but is too. it hard for you uh, to yeah. show that side? Of uh, being vulnerable? I think sometimes because um, I'm a very secretive person, which people would never imagine, would never guess because I share so much. But I'm naturally a secretive person. Like, I keep everything about my family to myself whenever I'm upset, like no one knows. So it was kind of a struggle for me to sometimes share vulnerability, but um, and I get I feel embarrassed before I do it. But I always saw myself like Violet. Who cares about you being embarrassed or uncomfortable if this is gonna make even if it makes one person feel better about themselves? This is what you're doing this for. So then that's. But don't I you feel better too?
0: Don't you feel better too, like after having shared something or, or you know, gotten something off of your chest? Because I find that at least, like in the beginning, I would do it thinking, oh, okay, if I share this, I'm going through this struggle, it's going to help people that feel the same. But now it's become this practice of mine, which just if I immediately get things off of my chest, like it makes me lighter. Like I don't have to carry that around oh, so much.
1: Yeah, I guess that is a good way of like therapy stuff. That if you actually talk about it, it does get better, but I mean, I'm, I'm still going through it. Like, it's I'm a very, like I said, secretive person, so it is something that's hard for me because the way I was raised to be perfect. Sometimes I have to remind myself, okay, Violet, this is it's fine if you're sharing something. Like, this is gonna make you feel better, and then it does make me feel better. But sometimes I really am doing it because I'm scared to do it to share something personal. But I'm only doing it with the hopes that it can help someone else and looking past my embarrassment. Although there's nothing I should be embarrassed of, but is just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's a scary thing to constantly put yourself every day out there to the world. Like I don't think people understand how much courage it has to be. I mean, even when I revealed myself, I had to be okay with the fact that like, oh my God, I just talked about sex and not everyone's going to know me. And some, I'm like, I'm a little fearful now when I'm walking down the street or like I'm out of the club at night. If there's men who follow me and know that it's me because what if they think this oh. is really who I am with my alter ego making all these sex jokes and they're going to think that, like, I'm going to want something w- w- without saying it? Like, it's, it can be scary. Do you have I mean, experiences
0: so- like that? Have you had experiences that, like that? I mean, now speaking of, you know, the, the Me Too movement and all of this, have you had any anything personal, horrible go down in terms of, of men and harassment?
1: Um, yeah, I've definitely had a sexual harassment. I think my whole life because I mean I was a very developed girl at the age of twelve. Don't want to get into it. That probably not as much. But I think I'm more vocal no. about being irritated now. Um, but yeah, when I revealed myself, I think I was very cautious when it comes when it comes to men because I don't want them to think that I'm asking for anything when I'm not. And I think constantly I get. Um, it can be frustrating if people don't understand the daddy issues with my alter ego. And it's not who, I mean, it is who I am in real life, but it's not who I am every day, every morning of the day in real life. Like I'm not waking up and, you know, taking shots of tequila. Like I would be in rehab right now if that was the case, like, you know? <laughs>
0: no, um, of course. But isn't so, that so frustrating though? Like a guy can talk about sex and then he's just being a dude. But if a, if a woman so does it, then you're asking for it or, you know, Yeah, it's,
1: it's so frustrating. It's like, I talk about sex. I'm a sex comedian. A man talks about sex, and he's, like, charming. (laughs) You're like, oh, okay. Like, there is definitely labeled. Like, I'm labeled as a sex comedian just because I talk about normal things everyone thinks about. It it is frustrating, but, like, I try to roll with it. Does it annoy me on the inside sometimes? Definitely, especially if, like, I'm being categorized like that. So then when I want to be, like, a host on E!, I'm getting gigs to be a host for, like, a sex show. And I'm like,
0: uh what And that would not never be yeah. the case for a guy. Yeah. No no Yeah. But I, I, I like to think that you're playing a really big part in changing that. Like really the, the more yeah. the more courage we have as women just to speak up about this and speak about the same things that any man would speak about and not have this be, be an issue or be set aside as different just because of our of, of our gender. Well, I think it's
1: I- I think I encourage girls to be independent. Like, you know, I have daddy issues, but I've never depended on other men for anything for me. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Like, you know, I wish I could, you know, give heads. can Am I allowed to say dirty words on this podcast?
0: <laughs> we we've already said a lot of dirty words. Okay, cool.
1: I mean, I wish I could, like, you know, uh, suck dick and then... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like a purse for it. Not that I wish, but like I wish, like you know, instead of just doing it for free, sometimes like and then the guy doesn't call you. Like that's, you know, I wish at least <laughs> you're not gonna call me like give me a purse. But <laughs> you know, I'm so jealous oh of these other God. girls. Like, so I'm I would never be here putting down girls who do do that. Like, you know, that's on you. You got to do what you can to survive. But like I'm, I was never like that because I just always focus on working hard, and I think that's where. I'm helping girls with that stigma. Like, you know, I have daddy issues, but I never found a man to help me with anything. I've worked really hard for everything I have.
0: Um, how, and, how does your dad like this career? <laughs> does he have um, issues with you confused. now? Does he, have, does he have daughter issues
1: now that, that you're publicly <laughs> well, daddy mean, issues? <laughs> we have, luckily, we have a good, better relationship now than I did growing up. So I think because we were working on a relationship before I started this Instagram, it was easier for me to eventually tell him because I think because we were working on trying to become closer, he was kind of having to accept my Instagram and to be okay with it and all that. And like he tries to be supportive now, and I ask my parents not to go on my Instagram, and <laughs> you, you know do. I tell them what <laughs> they can look and what they can because <laughs> they come from a conservative family. And but I think it's funny, it's always the conservative conservative people who are more like dying to talk about sex and stuff like that.
0: Of course. Of course. Yeah. Need to need to let it out. But that's good. But what's the I know you've had a really crazy day just specifically today. What what are you working on right now? Like what's in the future for, for you?
1: So today I'm relaunching my Daddy Issues shop. I'm really excited about it. There's, like, new merchandise. I first launched um, in February of this year for Valentine's Day. And it was, like, these dirty greeting cards where I wrote funny, uh, dirty poems. And um, (laughs) people, like, loved them. It did so well. And there was some apparel. But then I decided to switch all my vendors and to redo the website to redo my brand. So that took me a few months to build. And today is supposed to be the relaunch with, like, my new slogan my new website and new merchandise i'm really excited for that
0: oh that's so exciting i mean where do you think where, where do you see the future of violet benson and the future of, of daddy issues what's your big dream like five years from now where where do you want to be
1: um well one of my biggest dreams would be because i know when i started my instagram and it was getting big i told myself like oh my god violet You are one of the luckiest people who gets to have a voice and you need to make that voice matter. So my goal from when I started till now, and I constantly remind myself this goal, is to help people when it comes to being an advocate for anti-bullying and depression. So, And I'm going to continue to try to be an advocate for it even stronger in the years to come. So I think my biggest goal would be that I have a charity or an organization that helps people with depression and dealing with bullying and stuff like that. That's my number one. And then the the rest of it is I would I would be, I would love for my shop to be um, cool and hip and to be like the next Nasty Gal, if anyone knows what that is. Um, it's not a porn yeah. site. It's a clothing <laughs> company. <laughs> it's like Daddy is this Nasty Gal. <laughs> Daddy is she's a Nasty Gal. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that's a good fit. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and uh, I-, I would love to also give my hosting skills a uh, a try. Like I would love to be on TV doing hosting stuff. That would be the goal. Right now, I have my I have a hosting show on Facebook. It's called Top Five with Viola Benson. But I I'm still so, I'm in the works right now for shows that I wrote and and unscripted stuff. So hopefully in the next few years, all of that would be more out. And yeah.
0: That's so exciting! I think there's no doubt. Wherever you go, you're you're you have the world supporting you for sure. I feel I'm really grateful just to have you in my feed. You bringing bringing uh, a smile to my face every day.
1: No, I was surprised So thank when you. Me for, you asked me, I was like, whoa, yeah, cool.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't think, but I think honestly, every there's every woman out there can relate to what you share. That's that's just what it is.
1: Thank you. No
0: matter where um, we come are from. Are you guys so, gonna edit
1: this? Because I know I talked a lot. I'm sorry. No.
0: We don't edit anything. This is this podcast is all about raw, real shit. So, <laughs> oh, okay, awesome. Uh, all is out there. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and thanks for being such an inspiration and for just being yourself all the all the way through. It's so awesome.
1: Of course. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for being thanks. awesome. I mean, you have a really cool story behind you as well. So, I mean, you're definitely an inspiration to a lot of people too.
0: Thank you, and hey, good luck with uh, with your cat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I know. Thank you. Um, oh, and my shop is shopdaddyissues.com. I think I didn't say that. So
0: shopdaddyissues.com. Okay, I'm gonna log on right yeah. now. <laughs> A huge thanks to my guest and my new favorite person, Violet Benson. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of these on rachelbraithen.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. And of course, don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work, and thanks to my sponsors, Satya Jewelry, Parachute, Tracker, and Texture. Please support them the way they support this podcast.